We are going to energize the country. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Jody Farragher, who is the leader of the Manx Labour Party. Welcome to the podcast, Jody. Thanks, Will. It's great to be here. Um, so the first question that I'd like to ask is this year we'll, of course, see uh, a general election on um, the Isle of Man. Uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with politics on the Isle of Man, um, w- what kind of... Um, assembly or parliament uh, do you have on the Isle of Man and what form do your elections uh, take that may be similar or differ to elections in the UK? Okay so a bit of background our parliament which is called Tinwald um, is the oldest continuous democratic parliament in the world so we do have a long history of democracy over here. The way that it's set up is that we have 12 constituencies and two members of the House of Keys, which is your, the equivalent of your MPs, so MHKs, mm-hmm. per constituency. So totaling 24 MHKs who will be elected in September. And um, we have a population of around about 80, 85,000. So compared to your system, we have a lot of political representation. Our politicians are very accessible, I guess. And I think that's personally, I feel it's a positive. Um, because it does mean that you have a lot more redress, I suppose, and there's a lot. There's, I feel, there's more accountability um, on some levels. What do you think in terms of um, the fact that, as you mentioned, um, the House of uh, Keys, there, uh, the Isle of Man quite often has a lot of um, independent uh, candidates standing rather than necessarily candidates from um, political uh, parties as such. Do you think that that lends itself uh, well to people to be able to engage in? Why do you think that there are um, so many uh, independent uh, members of the uh, the House of Keys on the Isle of Man? It's a, it's a really, really interesting question. You know, there's a lot of dialogue really on the island about political parties and whether we it would be good for us to move towards a party system. And... I've always heard since I was a child growing up on the island that political parties just don't work on the island. But there doesn't seem to be any substance to that. It's just a thing that people say. Um, Obviously, as the leader of the Manx Labour Party, I do strongly believe that a political party system um, would would be better for us in terms of accountability, in terms of knowing what you're voting for. Um, so the way that our system tends to work, and I don't think anybody would disagree with this over here, is that people who declare as independents tend more often than not to be conservative with a little c. Um, We do even have a couple of our MHKs who are members of the UK Conservative Party who who have declared as independents. So what we're getting at here is that you don't know what way that person's going to actually vote when it comes to crunch votes in Timwald. If they're standing as independents, you have no way of actually gauging what that person is going to stand for in Parliament if they get elected. So that's really what we we keep trying to sort of push is that with a political party, you've nailed your colours to the mast. You know you know what you're going to get, and um, so there are now there are currently three parties on the island. Um, they are Manx Labour Party, which is the longest um, longest running 
political party, and we've been established since 1918. And then the Liberal Vannin Party, uh, established, in, I think it was 2006, and more recently the Isle of Man Green Party. So all of them tend to stand on a sort of um, vaguely centre-left or centrist platform. There aren't any parties um, for conservative um, groups. And, and I, that, the reason for that is that it has largely been felt there is no need for that because of the way that the, our political system works, which is that independents tend to veer towards the right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, do you think that in terms of you, you mentioned um, the long history of the Manx Labour Party, do you think that by the fact it isn't directly uh, connected as, as such to the uh, UK Labour Party, do you think that that gives you uh, an ability to as uh, not follow the, the, the lead of the, the UK Labour Party in the same way that... Um, parts of the UK that are devolved, um, like, for example, Wales or Scotland, the, the Welsh or Scottish Labour Party sort of have to uh, follow the lead of the um, UK Labour Party. Do you think that that gives you more freedom in terms of the policies that you put forward, that complete and utter separation as such? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't, we've never been affiliated, um, as you say, with UK Labour or any other country's Labour movement I think that globally, labour movements um, stand for the same thing and have the same ethos of fairness and equality. Um, but we haven't really modelled ourselves upon any country's um, Labour Party. And we've never, as you say, we've never been allied with the UK um, and that we don't have any... Um, we don't have any sort of there's no onus upon us to follow what they're what they're doing uh, and that suits us perfectly well um, we do have our own issues over here we have our own um you know people in our own economy and the issues aren't the same as the uk uh, that's just a, that's just a kind of a fact um so we need to have that yeah we do need to have that kind of freedom i guess to put forward our own policies that suit the manx people do you think that um, in terms of policies uh, that um, suit the people um, of the Isle of Man, Manx people, do you think that you have to ensure that the policies are uh, concentrated on um, the island as a whole, or do you think that uh, things that might work better in particular um, areas of uh, the island um, will work better than um, some policies that might apply uh, to other areas? Do you take an, an, an island as a, a whole view or do you uh, see different areas of the island and think, well, this policy will apply particularly well to this area, but perhaps not to um, this other part of the island? Yeah, that's quite an interesting question. There is some debate um, really on our island as to whether MHKs or maybe MLCs, which is members of the Legislative Council, the upper chamber, um, should be elected on an island-wide basis rather than um, as representatives of constituencies uh, which would obviously mean that you could then garner support from everywhere in the island rather than one small area um, but I guess some people would argue that it comes with the pitfall of more difficult areas might be left unrepresented because nobody would maybe want to pick up the issues of those um, maybe more socially diverse areas or um, 
areas of poverty, for example. Mm. Um, I think that the, the constituencies set up works quite well. Um, and But having said that, I see myself, uh, as you know, I'm standing for um, MHK in September, and I would see myself very much as an island-wide politician. Mm. Um, I think that we're too small, really, to be honest, to be um, more insular than that. And there would be no question for me of throwing one constituency under a bus in order to benefit the other one, because we are an island community. And that is the way that we see ourselves as well. Um, we do very much, there is a very strong sense of community on the island. Um, so I think that's that's what the Manx people would expect from a politician as well, actually. Mm. Um, now, you mentioned um, that, of course, you are um, standing for uh, Douglas East in the election uh, that's coming up. Um, what do you see as the main concerns in the constituency uh, that you're standing in? And do you see any difference between uh, the main concerns in that particular constituency and the concerns of the rest of the aisle? Yeah, so the way that we really work it over here is that the, the MHKs will tend to um, electioneer on national issues. Um, we also have the local authority elections running this year, and that would be very much more constituency specific. Um, so for Douglas East, uh, the local authority, the councillors will be running on um, looking at parking, looking mm -hmm. at housing issues. So there's quite a lot of derelict uh, properties in Douglas that, that are eyesores, essentially. Um, I know that lots of them from our party, the Manx Labour Party, will be trying to look at active travel, um, you know, setting up the constituency better for active travel, um, looking at green areas and maybe urban fruit trees. Um, so that's the sort of thing that they would be looking at for Douglas East. But it, we do tend to run on a um, on a national uh, issues ticket when we're when we're running for MHKs. So although I am running for the constituency of Douglas East and having grown up there, I'm very aware of the issues um, in Douglas East. Um, the the sort of issues that I'm running for will be looking at affordable housing, looking at mental well-being, the climate crisis is a big one, um, education, um, our falling birth rate on the Isle of Man, as well as retaining retention of young people. Mm. Obviously, there will be, I think, a hot button issue this election of um, modernisation of cannabis legislation. Mm. Um in terms of the impact that coronavirus has had, has that um, directed in any way the concerns of um, people on the Isle of Man? Do you think that that is going to influence um, your manifesto, the things that have come up from coronavirus, obviously not just the virus itself, but the impact that it has had, as, as you mentioned, on, on people's um, mental health and um, industry as well? Yes, and um, I think that anyone who is elected in September surely must know that they are not in for an easy term. Um, I, I, that's not just the Isle of Man, obviously, that's globally. Um, it's it, it, The economic fallout from the pandemic is going to affect, it's going it's to touch us all, isn't it? And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm feeling very passionately that we need to have progressive people um, more and more at the moment, because we have repeatedly seen what happens 
in situations of uh, in crisis situations essentially in the past is that the financial burden falls upon those who are least able to pay for it disproportionately um it's the any financial fallout is shouldered by the lower end of the socio-economic spectrum and that mm -hmm. is what I'm very, very keen to try to avoid this time around. Um, I think that we're facing multiple crises, like I mentioned before, the climate crisis, and um, we have acknowledged the climate emergency in summer of 2019. And we've seen some progress there, but nowhere near enough, um, considering that we have acknowledged that we're in an emergency situation. And that's another thing that's going to require huge public spending um, but mass public support in order to bring people along with us and in order to actually make that a just transition. Um, so, yeah, and then, of course, the mental <clears throat> mental health crisis that we're facing as well. Mm -hmm. So we are, we're looking on the island. At, we, we know that our suicide rates have risen very, very sharply, very sadly, over 2020. <clears throat> and we... We know that our uh, mental health services have been underfunded. We've got some absolutely fantastic practitioners, but we do need to join up our services, and that's a that is a crisis point. There's there's no there's no kind of overstating that 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 is a crisis point because lives are being lost. We also have um, the climate crisis. We are looking at the economic fallout from the pandemic, and we we don't have affordable housing over here. We, mm. we keep attracting high net worth individuals. Um, who seem to see the island as an investment opportunity, um, mm -hmm. which is artificially driving housing prices up uh, for Manx people. Um, so, as I said, it's it's sure. not going to be an easy gig, um, but it's so worth getting in there to see if we can make some positive changes and bring people along with us. In terms of um, the climate crisis, which of course you mentioned, um, how much do you think that um, the Isle of Man will have to work with um, the UK government, for example, in ensuring that um, the climate emergency doesn't get worse? Or the, are, are there things specifically that the Isle of Man that you feel um, can do um, without working with um, with other countries' um, governments uh, that, that, that can make things better for people on the Isle? Yeah, well, there's certainly... There's heaps that we can do as, as an island. Um, we are a very, very windy place. <laughs> um, we have, you know, a huge capacity here for green, sustainable, renewable energy. <clears throat> There's one place on the island, Andreas, that has the most sun of anywhere in the British Isles, uh, the most sunlight hours. So we, we really do have green gold here. And if... The political will was there. It, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? It always mm. comes right back to political will. Um, and we know that it can be done within, you know, the laws of physics and chemistry. We know that we can actually tran transition our island to a real, you know, a real sort of green, sustainable economy. Um, but we need, we need to have that political will behind it. There are certain issues where we would need to um, liaise with governments from other countries, either, either to our left or our right, you know, either Ireland or the UK or potentially uh, straight to Scotland, which rather than the UK government directly. Um, 
because we don't I don't think our capacity we would need to sell electricity back to a grid uh, and I don't think that we have that capacity at the moment so we would need to set up agreements but we don't need to have the um, say so or or the um, support of any of the constituencies that surround us we can't just get on with it we do have that autonomy and um, so I guess I have to say it's quite frustrating um, that whilst this administration has, I would say, caved to pressure and acknowledged the climate emergency, um, they have dragged their feet about actually taking any action to address that emergency, really rather passing the baton to the new um, MHKs who will be elected in September of this year. So it's, it, like I say... I'm fully aware that it's going to be a, a tough five years. In terms of um, election, um, what are your sort of ambitions in terms of um, seats that you're hoping to win? Have you have you got a, a set target or are you looking just on a basis of um, whatever seats that uh, can be won, you know, it's a, a step forward and it, it's great? So we have three candidates who have declared... Uh, for September's election. Um, obviously, myself, Douglas East, Sarah Maltby, who is the chair of the Manx Labour Party, she's declared for Douglas South. And we also have Gareth Young, who's declared for the constituency of Garth. Um, so we, you know, our, our aim at the moment is to have those three elected. Um, and three out of 24, I think, will be we'll be well on our way there. We have focused, I, I was elected as leader last year, um, last summer. And we have focused upon local authority um, elections and we've built up our local councillors. And really, I guess the idea behind that was to try and establish rapport with the electorate, to try and um, build up trust and confidence in our members. And I think that really has been very positive. Um, our two newly elected Douglas councillors have been absolutely fantastic and you know, I would hope to be working very closely with them. And that's our that's our goal, is that we, we will be able to work as actually a more coherent team going forward when we have people who are affiliated and who are bound by a political ethos. Mm. That means that they are more likely to, um, to, to work coherently. And, oh, we don't half need that, really, you know, in, <laughs> in terms of um, local and national government really do need you working more coherently. The people of the Isle of Man deserve it. They really, really do. And I think that's something that we could bring. And um, so, yeah, at the moment, it's just the three seats that we're looking to contest. And and our aim, yeah, is to, is to get all three of us elected. And I think we have a, a, a good chance. In terms of campaigning, um, obviously, uh, coronavirus will... Uh, probably have an impact even in um, September, though hopefully not too much of an impact. What, what sort of like plans have you got in place uh, in, t in terms of campaigning? If there are still um, some restrictions in place, has campaigning um, uh, over the past year been difficult because of the restrictions? Yeah, it has been. Uh, we've, we are in, I think it's day 37 now of our third circuit breaker lockdown um, we've spent the vast majority of the of the year with complete freedoms on the island but closed borders uh, unlike I know I know that the UK has been particularly 
badly affected and you guys have been you know facing quite a tragic situation there um i would say i had to give our government credit um they they pursued an elimination strategy um rather than a live with it or or mitigation and we're largely successful for the first year of the pandemic i think they're losing the public confidence in this third lockdown now um but you know we're down to either zero or one case per day over the last five six days i th- would imagine we'll be out of the lockdown by the 19th of april and all restrictions will be lifted again there and you know obviously we're up to more than 50 percent of our population that's vaccinated mm-hmm. so i'm sincerely hoping that it doesn't really impact any further at the moment we haven't been able to canvas um i think there was a brief period of time um towards the end of January, beginning of February, throughout February, that we had all restrictions lifted. And I know Sarah was able to get out canvassing then. I hadn't declared at that point. And um, she, she'd, you know, she'd managed to get to a few hundred houses. She'd done really well, making headway on her campaign. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm late to start now. I really need to get out on the campaign trail. Um, and I really need to start knocking on on doors and you know getting my manifesto out there and and having conversations with people um so as soon as restrictions are lifted yeah but it's it does it does seem to um positively benefit the people who are already sitting because they are already electioneering from their position as sitting mhks that's just the way that it works and we have to accept that that's the case but it does seem to um, give them a, an advantage there at this point in time when there are restrictions in place. Um, so we aren't really able to to do anything, but obviously they are able to table motions that get get press coverage and they know that they will, etc. Um, so there's a lot of that going on, but we have to just accept that that's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I think gonna, yeah, as soon as as soon as restrictions are lifted, which I would imagine will be the 19th of April. Um, it's it's going to be nose to the grindstone and <laughs> yeah getting out there um we're coming towards the end of the podcast it's been great having you on and i've got one uh final uh question you've perhaps already answered it um coronavirus has obviously impacted all of our lives and um restrictions have made things uh, difficult in terms of getting out and um, traveling uh, when restrictions are lifted on uh, in, in, in the Isle of Man, when restrictions are lifted in the Isle of Man, uh, what one thing that you haven't been able to do are you most looking forward to being able to do? <laughs> um, yeah, well, there's just so many, Will. It's hard to choose one, isn't it? I mean, like I say, we, ha- we have been quite fortunate um, on the island in that we spent the vast majority of the last year with no restrictions at all, mm. apart from the fact that we weren't allowed, uh, we weren't able to freely travel on and off the island. Mm. Our borders were essentially closed but we've had, you know, festivals and gatherings and we didn't have any restrictions in place because we had eliminated it locally, uh, the virus locally. Um, but I, as I said, we're on, I think it's day 37 now of this um, this latest lockdown. And we are allowed at the moment to gather outdoors. Um, and so I went to visit my dad last week and we went for a walk. Um, but it was very, very strange not being able to give him a hug. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the things I think I, I really can't wait to do is just, you know, give my mom and my dad a hug and everybody who lives outside of my household, I suppose, mm-hmm. from my family. Um, it's it's very strange seeing people and not being able to 
you know, go any closer than two meters away. <laughs> and so I think that's probably the thing that I'm most looking forward to. I think that that's a, a, a great thing to look forward to. I, I hope you'll be able to do it soon. And I'm sure uh, a lot of the people listening as well are looking forward to being able to hug their relatives again yeah, uh, yeah. soon. Um, thank you again for coming on. If people want to find out more about yourself, your campaign, the Manx Labour Party, um, where should they go? Okay, so we've got a website, which is the manxlabourparty.com. Um our constitution is on there, which is a great starting point for what our ethos is, really. That's just the the, the sort of rock bed, really, of what we what we stand for. Um, we also have a Facebook page, which is just Manx Labour Party. Uh, all of our contact details are on there. And we really do welcome um, contact from any country. You know, we're really interested in, in hearing from Labour movements or progressives all over. So, yeah, do feel free to get in touch with us. Excellent. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.